and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It's July. This episode will be premiering on the 1st of July, not to be confused with the 4th of July, which is coming up this weekend. And we're still here. Month 7 of 2020. Hey, we're... Are we more than half? I guess we're technically exactly halfway through 2020 at the time this comes out. So let's just... I think we should take a second. Uh, I'm here with, with Nerd Bomber and Technic, of course, and we should just, the three of us, and with our listeners, take a second to just rejoice that, that we're halfway there. Sing the Bon Jovi song. How are you guys doing? I'm pretty good. You know, no, no complaints here. How about you, Tectic? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I have a lot of complaints. This year has been horrible. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys oh, are trying I to I thought like... you meant like in, in the right now. Yeah. 2020 is not great my life at the moment today not bad but 2020 as a whole can go suck a duck you guys got to be careful if you if you go out and someone asks you how 2020 is going and you say it's going fine you're gonna get punched right in the face with that kind of attitude but yes we're here everything's fine we're sitting in chairs with microphones doing podcasts so how bad could we really be we got a great show lined up for you today uh we're gonna be talking about all of this exciting avengers gameplay this entire war table video where they laid out uh new trailers and and uh, revealed the, the main villain showed us some more gameplay than what we saw on a day so we're going to obviously dive right into that uh, we're also going to talk about this big pokemon news that probably has many of our listeners rather incensed of course talking about pokemon unite and of course we would also be remiss if we did not talk about apple we're gonna talk about apple today guys uh, some of the news about the iphone 12 and specifically the fact that reportedly there's going to be no charger in the box which is kind of i, su- I suspect it will be a point of debate uh, amongst the three of us and hopefully amongst some of our listeners on the social needs as well but let's start at the start uh with maybe the biggest piece of nerd news from the week and talk about this avengers i don't even know what to call it they, they, i guess they call it an extended gameplay video but it had it had trailers it revealed the villain's name, who I still can't pronounce, is it Modok? Modok. Madok. Mo Modok. Okay, we all. I guess we all just said it different. I, I think Modok sounds sounds good. So let's roll with that, uh, which stands for something something designed only for killing. I don't remember what the first two. <laughs> Tactic, want to help me out? You're the comic book guy. I don't want to put you on the spot, but is it like I'm, machine? I'm po- totally. Po- it, it's uh, machine something something designed for killing. There are quite a few. Uh, different acronyms for this in fact uh the m can stand for three different things according to wikipedia uh mental organism designed only for killing uh, mobile organism designed no, only for mental. killing or mechanized organism designed mental. only for killing i guess we're going with with mental uh i would it would make sense that it's mental because this guy's basically all head if you haven't seen what he looks like just a giant head yeah he is in what looks like a television with like little baby arms and legs and this, this this shows up in the trailer, guys. It's a very quick reveal uh, at the end of, of one of the story trailers that they showed. It's big news for, for comic book folks who know more about who he is. I mean, I know about AIM because I watched Iron Man 3. And granted, in that iteration of AIM, we were dealing with Aldrich Killian, who in that, spoiler alert, turned out to be the Mandarin, even though he wasn't really the Mandarin. Kind of confusing mix of comic book and movie lore there. So I know about AIM. I don't know anything about MODOK. You know, as a Marvel person, I am introduced to most villains the same exact way that most people are, which is you see them in the movie and you learn about them that way. But my understanding is that the reveal of MODOK as the main villain for this game has generated quite a bit of excitement. He is a big baddie. He's one of the older big baddies 
uh, that all of the Avengers have faced at one point or another. So it's a big deal. But but let's take a step back for a second. General impressions, both from the story trailer and from the gameplay, you know, did this game's stock go up for you guys uh, so, relative to what it was when we saw the previous footage? So for me, I'm I'm very happy with the choice of villain. Modok um, has kind of been, in my interpretation... Marvel's answer to Brainiac, and and if you if you don't know who Modok is, you definitely you probably at least know who Brainiac is. He is like Superman's all time arch enemy. Can control tech with his mind because he's basically a man computer thing. So kind of the same vein with this Modok character. Great villain, great competitive against Tony Stark, and something fresh from what we've seen going back to the movies, which is also exciting. The other thing that this showed me that was better than what we originally saw a few months back was it looked like it was more refined um, as far as the graphics go, which which is definitely a plus in my book. And the gameplay just looked absolutely phenomenal. It looked like what I was expecting to get when, when we played the Marvel Alliance game. And that kind of fell short as far as the gameplay, but this looks like it's exactly what I was looking for. It gives me a single story with my own kind of skill tree, as well as I get to play with Nerd Bomber and co-op options as well. So I'm very, very excited for it. And I will go out and say I am going to pre-order this game. Yeah, I will say you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of my comparison. I was going to say this reminded me a lot, even down to the villain of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. It looked like a little bit more of a uh, in-depth and realistic type gameplay. But at the end of the day, it seemed like the core like beat-em-up type gameplay where you have a skill tree for every character kind of still fell in the same vein as Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And MODOK did make an appearance in the Switch exclusive. So to me, that wasn't like... They, they kind of played it off as if this was this crazy new villain that people who play the comic book or who read the comic books would be super stoked for. But if you didn't know anything outside of the comic books, it would be this brand new villain. But it kind of felt like a rehash because they literally just had him as a villain in Ultimate Alliance 3. But yeah, I mean, the gameplay looked really polished. I think the character models looked a lot better from what we saw in the past. I don't know if they refined the character models or if we've just been now so far removed from Endgame, because I think the last time we saw any kind of gameplay or teaser from this game, we were kind of right on the heels of Endgame and having a new Avengers movie. So I think being separated from that, maybe that's helping me a little bit. It didn't feel so jarring to not see the Marvel Cinematic Universe faces on these characters. Story looked interesting. I think the the multiplayer kind of looked like a fusion, like I said, again, of Ultimate Alliance, but then multiplayerized, like when they were going through the menu of like the different collectible and items that you'd have to get in the multiplayer mode. It kind of reminded me of the menu or interface from Destiny a little bit, maybe. I don't know if you guys got that same feeling. But I mean, overall, it looked pretty cool and um, cautiously optimistic. It looks like there's going to be a lot to offer, at least in this game, single player and multiplayer. So I am on board for now. I too did get a, um, a Destiny vibe from the hub station as well as the the skill trees and character customization so i, I want to i'm going to agree with you on a lot of things and disagree with you on, on a number of things but i'll start by saying yes the game stock definitely went up for me i don't know if i'm on team pre-order at this point but uh i'm certainly more interested in it uh given all this footage i think the character models were vastly improved i do agree with you nerd bomber that i think last time we saw this stuff 
it suffered greatly from direct ju- juxtaposition with uh, a, an Avengers movie having recently come out and knowing these characters in a certain incarnation for so long, you know, it was hard to remove them from that. And in, in general, it's a tough thing to remove the Avengers from the infinity saga, you know, fighting Thanos and, and getting these stones, you know, it's, it's it for the movies, you know, they're eventually going to have to deal with that as well. And that's coming. But now in the game world, we have, we have to do that. So um, I think Square Enix deserves credit for that alone, but I, the gra- the graphics didn't impress me. And, and uh, granted, I think a lot of it, when I first watched it, I think I was watching the live stream when I first saw some of it. And I was like, there are a lot of frame rate drops here. And then I waited until it was re-uploaded later. And it's still, I was like, there are a lot of frame rate drops here. And I, I expected it to get better. I don't know, you know, if, if it is some kind of work from home situation that's that's causing that. You know, I, I, I think for the most part, the graphics looked fine. But I think there were specific sequences where you you saw the game engine's pants down, so to speak. Um, so that was a little bit concerning. What I really want to talk about, you know, the gameplay you said looked very beat him up but I, I was getting some spider-man vibes i, I love the customization i love the skill trees all looks like something i would be into it also kind of reminded me a little bit of arkham uh what i want to talk about is is it miss marvel is that who this yep. playable character is we need to talk about this is a problem for me and i think this is probably going to be just a me problem but i cannot take the big hand whooshy thing seriously at all <laughs> it's gonna be a problem for yeah, me that's just a you problem that's that's her her that's her insignia. That's her what she's known for. That's her power. It's it's so. I I think there's something to be said for these characters, which admittedly originated in comic book form in in essentially cartoon form. They have to make their way off from that medium to another one gracefully, and I think the MCU gets all the credit in the world for that. With someone who's got a Mister Fantastic thing going on, as well as like a just general dilation of the of hand size thing going on, that's going to be hard for me to take seriously. Um, maybe I am the only one, but watching that, I was like, I just like <laughs> I can't imagine taking that seriously. Um, so, do you not like Mister Fantastic then, like in, in the Fantastic Four? I don't. No, I don't. And, and I have a similar problem with that. Is even the Fantastic Four movies, which weren't you know even the one the ones the ones that weren't the most recent one which was widely panned i remember thinking very definitively like this is this pretty goofy i could see <laughs> you, know, you on like, christmas I, morning 1995 you get your very own stretch armstrong open it and you're disgusted well okay but a stretch armstrong is a toy like like there's there's only a certain extent to which i take that seriously but like and also i'm an adult now you know well at the very least i'm a kid in, a, in an adult's body um, I mean, I definitely, so I, I get I, what you mean. Cause like, it, it's one thing. So for me, for a video game, like when I saw this in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, I had no issues with it. But again, this game seems like it wants to take a slightly more realistic take on the superhero game. And it is a little bit jarring. And it'll be interesting even to see how they bring that into the MCU because I, I don't know if we're at a point where any CGI in a live action movie will make that look normal. And I really don't think it will. It, so Exactly. And that, that's exactly my point is I, I think with games like Marvel's Avengers trying to be where they're trying to replicate, whether they say it or not, they are trying to replicate the cinematic experience that we've gotten from these movies. And the cinematic universe has bent over backwards and done a great job doing so of taking characters that are as cartoony as Captain America, who is a very cartoony character and getting him to a place where I take him seriously. You could say the same thing about Dr. Strange, who's really just waving his hands in the air and things are happening. 
I think in, I think with a lot of those characters, it's very possible. And I think they've accomplished that, made that leap. But with someone who has powers like Miss Marvel and with Mr. Fantastic, which, I, yeah, I agree, I think it's just harder to do. And I'm not saying they can't do it. While we're on the topic of Captain America, too, to kind of change gears a little bit, what do you think the chances are that he is actually dead? Because uh, that's the premise of this game. Not a spoiler. The premise of this game is that A-Day happens and Captain America dies and the Avengers are proverbially picking up the pieces and trying to fix the problems that were caused by A-Day. So what, I guess, what do you think the chances are that he never comes back? Because for me, I, spoiler alert, for me, it's like 5% at most. Simply because I don't like Captain America, I know he is going to reappear in this game because I cannot <laughs> get rid of him. him to say that. I just See, don't yeah. like him. <laughs> I disagree with both of you. I think he is 100% dead and they're going to use that as he might, he himself might not be around, but his symbol lives on and that's going to have this, this heart wrenching moment and there'll be someone who takes on the mantle. That's the approach that I think they're going to take. So question for you though, in comic book, whether it's a comic book, actual comic book story or movies, no dead character ever really stays dead. You give them long enough True. and they are going to show back up. Fine, but I don't think it's in the scope of this story. Fair enough. Yeah, pot- potentially for the same reason that, you know, what we were just talking about, where you're trying to make this a cinematic thing that, yes, it's still a comic book based thing, but it, it could be taken more seriously. And I think it's, it, it might be tough. For That's the one thing I could say, you know, that where that 5% is for me is, first of all, there's value in that double fake of people's thing for sure he's going to come back and then having him not come back people would be surprised but there's also the fact that okay if he's dead you can't just make him come back it's not like comic books where you have like the lazarus pit and stuff where people just go in and they come out alive but i, I don't so you, okay so tactic you're saying that you think he's 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 absolutely 100 percent dead i mean think about all of the the times and we talked about this last week where batman dies and all these other people take on the 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 costume because batman never dies right it's it's always about the symbol what he stands for right for justice for for fairness and and that is a cinematic take i mean hey i would be down to see a different iteration of captain america i'm actually very excited for a different iteration of captain america in the mcu i am totally ready for it so who do you think okay so tactic follow-up question then if you think someone else are you saying you think someone else is going to take up the mantle or you, you so you're saying proverbially he's going to exist as a symbol and no one is going to be him i think in the scope of this story he will stay as just a symbol of justice and rightness in the world because that's what they're trying to do right because this is it's this big corrupt company and in the name of captain america they're gonna shut it down and be fair and just to both humans and inhumans i just have this bad feeling in the pit of my stomach that they're gonna batman versus superman us though i really do i don't know what the reference is there superman's Uh-oh, gonna okay. come back all yeah. of a sudden right sure day. sure that happens in justice league spoiler alert but i'm saving you a terrible movie okay well i guess i get my what I, the question i was leading to is if if you if you're saying he will someone else will take up the mantle you know in the comics winter soldier has done that and i think falcon has done that who do you want would you do you think it'd be cool for Winter Soldier to show up and be like I'm Captain America now? You know, and and it's it's worth noting too that there are other characters that we've been told are in this game that haven't shown up in the in this content. You know, uh, back when the A Day stuff was revealed, we got to look at Hank Pym, who is, as far as I can tell, absent completely from this latest material. So where does he fit well, into this? I think I think question. there was a, a wink at at Hank Pym when they called the base the Ant Hill. 
so I think he is going to show up. I, I simply just think he wasn't in the trailer. Um, and then the other he, thing I mean, is... The, 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 la- the last trailer had showed him in, in a very real way that he is going to show up. It's just a matter of, of where he fits into this. Maybe he's just a part of the team that's working in a more behind-the-scenes way. Maybe he'll exist in the form of DLC, though I doubt that. You know, it's uh, the, the, I'm kind of bringing this up because I think they've mentioned, and I think, I think they mentioned in the footage, that they're going to be adding more characters that are going to be provided at no cost and they're gonna be adding more customization so there's potentially a really solid base to build on here and that's one of the things that has me most excited but i, I were you going to say something else yeah you asked me who i'd want to take the mantle i, yeah. I would go with bucky because he is a flawed character by nature and I, and I like a flawed character to, to take on the perfect symbol what i'm kind of hoping going back to how you mentioned that they're adding DLC characters and content for free moving forward. What I would totally love to see is something akin to like DC Universe Online, where this eventually turns into this long-standing game that once you buy it, it's just going to be ever-present with a bunch of fun new content, and people will go back every six months to a year and check back in and upgrade their character and get back into the story. Because to me, I mean, I'm still impressed with the fact that DC Universe Online is still around and has such a big player base i think they just ported it to switch if i remember correctly like a six months ago or something like that and i still remember man it must have been at this point probably like 2010 some a good decade ago i remember vividly watching tectic playing this game instead of studying for a test uh but he was playing this sure, game and Having something like that in the MCU, I think, would be amazing. And not that I don't like DC Universe Online, and I love the DC Universe as a whole, and I just think the movies have been terrible, but DC is awesome. But if you manage to capitalize as a developer on that Marvel hype and make an ever-present game like that, that would be awesome. Well, and and that model is what... You mentioned Destiny before, granted, in a totally different way, but that's the model that Destiny has, too. And granted, they're t- they're asking you to pay for expansions every few months, but it is supposed to be this living, breathing thing that, like you said, people can move away from. But uh, six months later, when something new happens, they'll come back and they'll level up and they'll they'll continue to, to re-customize and re-customize their character and there'll be new pieces of story for them to to get involved in. So I, I do think that, and, you know, even with games like Fortnite, you're seeing more and more gaming experiences like that crop up where and speaking without discussing the monetary aspects of it you know i think developers really do want to start making these games where they make one base game that is this world that they live in and then they can piecemeal out new experiences that add to that base experience and i would imagine that that's what square enix is going for here and i'm for it uh, generally speaking uh so avengers when I, it's funny this, i think it this comes movie, out later this year right september i'm gonna look it up yeah i'm sure i said it in the video but i i just told you guys it's september september 4th yeah i was looking for the exact day uh september 4th is when this drops so be on the lookout for that i have a feeling this is not the last time we're going to talk about it but it is coming um and if you haven't seen the video uh the war table video go check it out uh, hit us up on the social meets uh at illegal 86 at no, at OW Legal 86, at OW Nerdbomber, at OW Tactic, and our main account at Online Warriors 1. This is all on Twitter, by the way. We'd love to chat with you. So hit us up there. Staying in the game world for, for a, a little while longer, uh, we need to talk about Pokemon because uh, I have an article open in front of me from IGN. Uh, I'm going to preface this by saying I have not watched this, this reveal video. I believe you two have. 
Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, I watched it live. Pokemon Unite. Here, here, here's what happened the way I understand it. I am not a Pokemon person. This is a, should be a well-known fact. Anyone who's watched the podcast or listened to it. Essentially, Pokemon released a video last week detailing their newest game called Pokemon Unite. And it is their most disliked video on YouTube ever. And it's among the more disliked videos on YouTube, period, as far as I'm aware. Essentially, they have teased a new game. Uh, and I, I, I think fans, for the most part, were expecting something different than a MOBA-style game. But that's what they got. And to me, this what this harkens back to is we talked about Diablo. That was last year, I think, uh, when Blizzard was teasing a new Diablo game. People were all excited for Diablo 4, and then they, they said, no, this is a mobile game. And granted, this is not a mobile game. This is at least a step removed from that, but it feels similar uh, in that sense. So, you know, as a Pokemon, as a non-Pokemoner, I am arm's length from this other than seeing... Oh boy, Pokemon might have put their foot in their mouth. What are you, what are your guys' thoughts on this? As I think, fairly rabid Pokemoners. So, it it is a mobile game, but it's also on the Switch. My my take was it doesn't it's look great, and it looks okay. And free to start, which and I know I'm going to play sorry, it. It's just I want to add. It, it says free to start, which does not mean free to, free to play, which sounds like a money grab to me. That, sorry, you you touched on some details that i wanted to hit that for sure was a when i heard that i kind of cringed a little bit because i would just want something that i could just mindlessly play and i I don't care that it's on my phone i'm a pokemon fan through and through and when pokemon go came out i was day one you know flicking balls no forget i said that day one i was catching pokemon (laughs) (laughs) um so i'm 100% 100% into it, but it just, it looks incredibly underwhelming. It's kind of akin to Pokemon Dungeons is, is what it reminded me of. But again, it just, it doesn't look like anything great. I'd, I'd prefer something more in the actual game game instead of these mobile side shots. What, you're well, not, it, you're it, not playing Pokemon Toothbrush or whatever that's called? No. It, it seems, it, it seems like their cardinal sin may have been, you know, teasing this to their fans they're, they're, they're fans who are known to like a certain kind of game that is not <laughs> a moba style mobile game you know so, I, I i think we talked about pokemon snap last week and to me that is an anomaly in in the in that it is a pokemon game that is unlike every other pokemon game it is totally different see i would um, disagree i think the setup is really what got them here i don't think pokemon fans are averse to new game experiences i mean look at pokemon go and how that took off and basically swept the world with basically everyone playing that game i think their biggest problem was you just said that we talked about pokemon snap last week and they had a pokemon direct or a nintendo direct or whatever it was called they have so many different names for all these different conferences now And they showed Pokemon Snap for all of, what, 30 seconds to a minute? And that is arguably something that people are extremely excited for. So you have something like that in a 30-second block of time that everyone is super hyped about. And then you tease them at the end of that and say, next week, we have a super mega incredible game reveal that we're not willing to tell you. It's better than this. Yeah. Right. And then you drop Pokemon Unite. And honestly... I didn't think it looked that bad for a free-to-start game. And honestly, what I've noticed, most of the free-to-start games on Switch, you basically, you can either play it for a few hours and then you hit like a story cap or you're limited in like what characters and what things you can do in the game. And then you have to buy more or add them on. So I 
Like it really, it doesn't look terrible. I think it's an interesting concept. I think MOBAs are still very, very popular. And especially when you put a Pokemon lens on it. I mean, that's basically what they did with Pokemon Go. They took a, a game type that actually wasn't very popular at all, slapped a Pokemon skin on it, and it went off like crazy. I think that's what they're trying to go for here. And I think having it as its own special reveal and spending 11 minutes on it really just kind of missed the mark in terms of marketing. Because when you build something like that up, people were saying that, oh, this this could be like the, the Pokemon Let's Go remake for Gold and Silver, or it's going to be the next installment, or maybe it'll hey, be like- Hey, you an, Pikachu. Yeah, or like Detective Pikachu, like a complete remake for the Switch type deal. And instead you get Pokemon Unite. I mean, if this would right. have been one of the 30 second snippets of last week's show, I don't think anyone would have cared. I think people would have been like, oh, that looks kind of cool. I'd play this. But I, I I agree that the framing is is important. I stand by my point though. I, I I think to use Pokemon Go as an example of them doing something different to appeal to their fans is only half true. And, and what what I mean by that is that yes, it harnessed AR technology in a different way, and it transformed the experience of playing Pokemon. But guess what you're doing when you're doing when you're playing Pokemon Go. You're playing Pokemon. You're playing exactly the same. Like, I haven't played the game as much, but I know what you do in Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. You just, you're a guy and you walk around and catch Pokemon. Guess what you do in Pokemon Go? <laughs> you walk around and catch Pokemon. You occasionally go to gyms and face, I don't know, gym leaders or something. It's it's different, yes, but it's different only in the sense that it's delivered to you in a different way. I think it's fundamentally the same experience. And I it, I really do feel like Pokemon Snap is an anomaly in that it's totally different. And this mobile game is totally different. And yes, MOBA is popular, but I think it's a combination of the two things. Yeah, but I you think you're totally right at, about the framing. Look at like Pokken though. I mean, people love that. It's a completely different style of game. Like you're not catching Pokemon at all. So I think basically you could skin Pokemon as almost anything. And it, they went into some really interesting places, especially in the DS era. Like I know they, they redid and remastered Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. But they also had like Pokemon Conquest and uh, there was another one that I'm thinking of and now now it's escaping me. Uh, Pokemon Pinball, remember that? Dude, Pokemon Pinball, yes. On the the Game Boy, that was my most played cartridge ever. I had Pokemon Pinball, the original one, I think for the color and for the advance. And oh my God, most played game. Honestly, heck yeah. If they could bring back if they please nintendo uh, people out there if you are listening to us please bring me back pokemon pinball because that switch yeah it was one of the best pinball experiences and I, I know it was like the heyday of the 90s when pinball was like super cool because everyone had pinball on their windows not that pinball oh, yeah. isn't cool like there's a subculture of pinball that's actually really awesome out there but everyone had what was it like windows astro pinball or something so people were into it and playing virtual pinball all the time so like and they could do a really cool cardboard cutout for it Dude, yes. It would be like Nintendo Labo. Oh, that's amazing. I love this idea. It's funny. I actually, when I first brought it up, I thought it was an N64 game, but it's just because of that enormous rumble pack that you put in your Game Boy Color. I remember it much better now, but yeah, it had that, that big old rumble pack. And that you actually, cool. you progress through like different levels and stuff and there were different things. Obviously, like any pinball game, there are different objectives per level, but I remember it was so much fun. I played the heck out Besides of that. Besides Pokemon Snap, I think that's the one that I put, the Pokemon that I played the most was that one 
just because it's at the end of the day it's just pinball <laughs> um you know what's interesting sometimes i think about because there's so many different variations of pokemon whether it's watching the tv show watching the movies playing the mainline games playing the offshoot games reading the books i remember there were even like book adaptations of the tv show playing the card game like how many hours of my life have i dedicated to pokemon because it's probably a really scary amount of time right i well i shudder to think um i've somehow escaped the the zeitgeist um but pokemon unite uh it's it's coming i again i don't know if there's a uh release date on this one let me again do a quick google uh no it's just been announced uh june 24th it doesn't seem like there's a release date for it yet i will say i'm not Um, a big moba player but i I think i already tweeted this out from our account but i would totally be interested in getting together a online warriors little crew to try this game out because i need someone to walk me through mobas well uh i have i'm not a moba guy and i'm not a pokemon guy so i'm a chaminda guy I will cheerlead that from the sidelines. Right now, we are we are going to head to the sidelines for, for 30 seconds or so while we shout out some of our friends. But before we do, uh, I want to shout out our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness, as we do every episode. Uh, Ben's been supporting us for a long time. We thank him for that. He supports us at the highest of our three levels of Patreon support, uh, which is the night level. And as a result, he gets this shout out and the producer credit on the show. Uh, he also gets the occasional guest spot on the show, as well as access to our monthly secret segment and vlog. And also he gets input into our weekly game segment, which uh, we will have at the end of the show. Tactic will be hosting today, so I'm excited for that. If you're not as cool as Ben, it's understandable. We also have a Squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And then, of course, there is the Lowly page, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So if you're interested uh, in giving back to us and supporting what we do, we would super appreciate that. Uh, we thank you for listening. And we thank you for the support. You can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. We will be right back. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, How about Bewitch at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. All right, we're back. And we're here to talk, uh, move away from video games for the time being. Uh, for our last piece of news. And we're here to talk about the iPhone 12, which actually, I am super excited about this. I currently have an iPhone 6, so I'm due for an upgrade. Uh, I have thought seriously. Yep, I've thought about the iPhone 11, but I, based on everything I've heard about the iPhone 12, uh, namely that it has 5G, fast charging, uh, all that jazz, uh, I decided. And also, I've heard it's going to be cheaper. So I've decided I'm going to wait for the iPhone 12, which is supposed to come out later this year, pending COVID. Um, so this news is important to me, I guess is how, how I'll lead with this. Um, and I have some strong thoughts on it and I want to, we're, we're going to kind of do a round table on this. Um, 
there are rumors coming out. Uh, so, so first there was rumor last week. Um, I'm, I kind of have my ear low to the ground on the, on the iPhone rumor mill uh, that it was going to be boxed with a fast charger, 20 watt charger, um, which is something that normally you'd have to buy special. Now this week we're finding that no, they filed a patent for a 20 watt charger, but there are rumors that the phone isn't going to come with a charger in the box at all. Purportedly, they're sticking with the lightning charger and they also have wireless charging as well. So they maybe are figuring that uh, more people will simply use the chargers they already have. And that way they won't, they can cut down on waste by not shipping extra chargers. I, before I state my counterpoint, because I disagree with this move, I just want to know from you guys, where do you stand on this as a business practice? As someone, if you're buying a phone that costs many hundreds of dollars, are you upset that you're not getting a charger? I guess is the operative question. So as someone buried in deep with the iPhone ecosystem, I'm not Apple anything else except for my iPhone, but I am in deep at this point. I think I've had an iPhone since the iPhone 3 and now I'm at the iPhone 11. I don't upgrade every year, but I would say probably like every two or three years, depending on what model I get. If I get like the the more jacked up version of the current iPhone, I'll usually wait a little bit longer. And so for me personally, I am still still a little bit upset, but I can see where they're coming from. So I know for me, my last jump, I went from having a phone that was not a lightning charger to one that was lightning charger. And if you buy a lightning charger cable, they're not cheap. They're like 20 bucks. And if I'm buying a phone that's a thousand dollars, I want that $20 charger. I think it should be included. I understand where they're coming from though, thinking that many people already have them because once you have your first charger, I mean, I know I think at this point I have like five lightning chargers. I have one in my office at work that's still in my office and hasn't been touched in a long time. I have the one that came with my phone that was my primary one. I have one in my car so I can hook it up to my Subaru Starlink. Um, I, I know I have a fourth one somewhere. I think just to if I have like a, a mobile charger and then I do also have my primary charger, which is a wireless charger now at the moment. But I think if I was new to the Apple ecosystem, that would be very off putting. I think to me, this kind of sends the message that they're probably anticipating a more wireless future because like for me, if when I get the next iPhone, I won't need to get another charging cable because I will like I'm not going to abandon my current wireless charger unless the wattages change and or the voltages or whatever I should know more about this I don't really understand wireless charging technology but as long as it's compatible I'm not going to buy a new one I'm going to keep using what I've already got but like I said if you're new to the ecosystem and especially since they have proprietary cables that's kind of a sketchy move so that kind of leads me to think like are they potentially conforming like are they going to get rid of the lightning cable altogether are they finally going to move to the the USB-C charger and conform to literally everyone else in the world and maybe that's why they don't want to do it super unlikely um there's the article i have in front of me from the verge speculates on some of this stuff and tactic i will give you your chance in a minute um but i want to speak to a couple of things you said one the USB-C thing you know there's speculation that that's why they're headed in this direction um there's also this this writer from The Verge uh, gave a very reasonable suggestion of Apple can essentially avoid a lot of consumer resentment by saying, okay, you have a choice when you get a, a new phone with us. We can give you a free charger or we can give you a gift card to the Apple store for equal value, which I think is a fantastic idea. I don't think, it's, I don't think they'll ever do it, but I think it's a good idea. You know, I think Apple is probably going to try and hide behind this decision by saying they're reducing waste, which I think is probably the thing they care about the least. 
I think what they're trying to do is A, make money off chargers, B, move towards the portless design, which is in the future. Uh, that's already being rumored for the next model of iPhone. So yeah, I I don't like this uh, for the record. I think, you know, for, for a, a piece of cord that probably costs two cents to make, to not include it with a $700 phone is, it's not the right move, even if your concern is actually the environment, which I guarantee you there's just not. I mean, it does have a really good point from the eco-friendly side. I was reading the Verge article that you had no, sent. No, sure. And like, sure. it is incredible it is how point. much waste is generated because like, I think I have a drawer of random cords. Like, I don't even re- necessarily know what they came from, when I got them, or what they're used for. Like, obviously, they're micro USB or stuff like that. So like, I know what they're used for. But I if can the use goal them. was waste they would conform to what everyone else connects to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I Like, it would, maybe this is the cynic in me, but it would shock me if they cared about the environment at all in this regard. And I really do think it's just a money grab or just, I don't even know. I don't know what else I would, I would describe it to. But, but Tactic, where do you sit on this? So You've as an avid Android procurer, I think this is just the same shtick that they did before. We're going to get rid of the auxiliary port. And you got to buy this adapter if you want to use plug-in headphones. It's it's right. the cut corners to maximize profit, but also increase sales in other ways. And yes, you can hide it behind the veil of we're helping the environment. But again, I want to say it again louder for the people in the back. If they really cared, they would commonize the ports so that... Yep. Everyone, whether you're from a different ecosystem or you're in the uh, the uh, the iPhone ecosystem, you just have the same charger. There is no unique Apple product. The, the the proprietary port, you know, the Lightning port, they can say it's better in a certain way all they want. It is just them. It is just them being about. We want to make sure people have to buy our our crap. It's as simple as that. And I, from a business perspective, I can kind of understand it. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, we've seen in recent months i think i think it's mostly countries in europe who are who are actually moving forward with universal charger like legislation of like this is ridiculous like let's get this sorted out and let's you know get everybody on the same page it's just it's a quality of life thing so okay i guess i was expecting more of a debate here uh i'm not i'm not sure why i was expecting someone to dissent um i mean i think in the future we're definitely moving towards that where if they did commonize the port, I think that we would live in a world where you wouldn't get a new one with every device that you buy. And I mean, there are already devices where like, think about when they got rid of the block to plug into the wall, you know, when all of your chargers used to come with that block to plug the USB cord into the wall. So you could charge via the, your regular electricity instead of plugging it into the computer or whatever, bubbling this argument. But we all like I remember when they stopped shipping it with the wall ports, I was very upset. Now that I have fifteen. When I, when of I didn't them, get one with my yeah, when I didn't get one with my Fitbit, I was upset. I, I actually I think I only have one. Uh you only have phone. one? I think I only have one. Uh I'll I'll have to look. But Yeah, but either way you can now replace wall outlets with USBs in them and there's it's it's just sure. USB ports have become so grossly common that it no one even thinks about not having a wall board. 
Right. And like, well, to and- me, that was something that was humongous. I was so upset about that the first time I opened a device. And I think it was a Kindle, honestly. And the Kindle didn't have one of those wall chargers. And I was very upset. And then I opened a drawer and realized I had a bunch of them. So it didn't really matter. And I think this might be one of those things where at first there's going to be initial outrage. But once everyone realizes like, oh, I already have a lot of the stuff that I already need here. Like, I don't need another set of headphones. Because I think they're also talking about the rumor said that it wouldn't be no shipping headphones. with headphones either and like those headphones suck anyways i'm just throwing that out there they're terrible they're lower quality but i actually really like the fit of apple's earbuds it's one of my my main draws to airpods over other wireless my ears yeah you have weird they, ears well i don't like do the you have, little do you have airpods i do have airpods i don't like the all of the headphones have like the, the suction rubber. thing the rubber thing i hate that it hurts my yeah, ears. Actually, my, uh, they don't fit I, my ears. I hate that a lot. And so the AirPods. I agree with Tactic. You, you have weird ears because I've tried on Apple headphones and I'm like, these are made for alien ears. Like Those they are don't literally fit in my ears at all. Apple headphones are the only headphones that will stay in my ears when running. Period. Even the corded That's ones. Nuts. Like I've wow. even had, I've got like the, the knockoff beats cause I didn't want to spend money on beats if they would just fall out. But I bought like knockoff beats that were very highly rated and supposedly super ergonomic. The ones with the hooks that go around your ear still fall yeah, out. Yeah. The AirPods are the only thing that stay in my ear. She's got eye canals. But before she's, I, she's, she's, got, <laughs> she's got weird ears. Before the wow. AirPods came out though, and before I had that as my definitive headphone, like man, for every new Apple device I had, I'm, I don't even know, like, I feel like I have more Apple headphones than I even did Apple devices because I just, I don't know, I somehow have a lot of them. I've got like 10 pairs of them and I don't use them. And it comes in handy when you lost your headphones and you can just go in your drawer and there's a nice new one that you can pull out. But like, how many people actually use them? People have a favorite set of headphones now, for the most part. They don't need stock headphones. Well, and, and, and you know, it all comes down to, in my opinion, it all comes down to the portless thing. When the when phones start to go portless and when everything is wireless charged, then you don't have this problem anymore. And a- Apple is not going to be able to make a wireless charger that only works for iPhone. I would hope they wouldn't be able to do that. So this problem is going to go away and everyone's going to have wireless chargers already. And you're not going to have to ship a phone with chargers in the box. And, and it, it's going to be more normalized. But right now, I don't think the percentage of people that uses wireless charging I mean, i don't I, I don't think the percentage of people who use it has reached critical mass yet for that move to make sense but, but that, that's just that's my opinion you know i i think with headphones i think most people use bluetooth headphones now so i think taking the headphone port out yes it was a jump people didn't like it but they weathered that storm because more people use bluetooth uh, and i just i don't know if as many people i'd have to see the numbers on that but i don't know if more people use wireless charging or if enough people use it now to justify that move um, i have to say wireless charging because i do have a wireless charger that i got for christmas and i was super stoked about it and i do still really enjoy it but it's kind of weird it doesn't like you have to align your phone just right for it to work well, and, and, and you can't be using it the phone while it's charging which to me is a huge detriment well for me like now that i have the iphone 11 my phone battery time like it can last all day, even if I'm on it all day. So like, I only really need to charge it at night and I hope it stays that way. I hope my battery life on this phone is a lot longer than my iPhone seven. Cause that's why I traded sure. it in so quickly. Um, but it, it's really like, I find myself the convenience quote unquote of the, the wireless charging pad was you're, you can just throw your phone down and it'll work. 
but I find that's really not the case. And even it's not just my wireless pad, it's other wireless pads, like you pretty much have to align it just right. And to me, like that kind of defeats the convenience, like then I might just take the 30 seconds and plug in my cable. So I hope they improve that aspect. Like it is convenient when I'm grabbing it from my bedside table. And I just want to look at it. And I'm not like choking myself with a cable as I grab it off the bedside table but it it's not sounds, sounds, sounds yeah. like you have cable cable management problems over there. <laughs> it, i mean the the iphone cable that you get with your phone is fairly short so i was definitely right. like to reach it all the way so it was in front of my face i was definitely like kind of choking myself out but well it's it's see my phone battery lasts all day too the, even i my lowly iphone 6 the battery lasts all day because i guess i don't use my phone a whole lot but there are quite a few times where at night when I get into bed, it's at like 5% and then I want to use it a little bit longer. I have to plug it in. So like, so in, in that situation, I can imagine that wireless charging wouldn't be great for me, but then there would also be cases where during the day when I'm not using it, I just put it down and, you know, assuming it works exactly the way I imagine it See, does, which sounds like it doesn't work as well. I would just plunk it down and it would be charging while I wasn't using it. You shouldn't be using your iPhone in bed right before you go to sleep. If it's dark and stuff, you're just going to stimulate your brain and you're not going to be thanks, able to mom. sleep. <laughs> oh, 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 all right, mom. Um, thanks, mom. We're going to move on now. Uh, the iPhone comes out later this year. It's rumored to be in September, but I'm hearing now it might be in October because of, because of COVID. Um, but we'll know more about this situation then. Uh, for right now, uh, we have we have a little bit of time. We're going to move into What Are You Up To Wednesday, where we all talk about what we've been up to, uh, believe it or not. Uh, I'm going to start, because uh, I, you know, fairly short update here. Um, I'm still playing The Last of Us 2. For me, it's a lot of game. And I, I think for the most part, that's because I play these games slowly, games in which you, you're incentivized. I'm a gatherer in these situations. I will go in any house that I can, regardless of threats, to get like, you know, one bullet for my gun if, if I have to. Um, so as a result, for me, it takes a lot of time. And also I die a lot because I'm not very good at it. Have um, you found any of the like secret hidden scenes yet? I see. The thing is, I'm not sure because I, they, they're they blended very you well. You them. Yeah. I, 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 the way I hunt around for things, I would imagine I found at least one. I don't know for sure, but I would, I would have to imagine I've found at least one. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to look anything up because of spoilers. So when I get to the end of the game, then I'll be able to go back and say, okay, what did I miss? And then I'll, I'll know better. Um, But for right now, what I'll say is that uh, I love it so much. I, it's, it's, it's right up there with the first one for me still. And you'll probably hear the same update from me next week when I talk about it more, because I'm sure by then I won't be done with it. It's a lot of game and that's good. Um, For me, that pretty much sums up some of the week. Not a whole lot, not, not a whole lot going on here, but uh, tactic. So Go to you. for my past week, we've we're basically coming coming to a close on Avatar: The Last Airbender. Always exciting to rewatch. I will rewatch this show thousands of times. One of my favorite animated series or shows, whatever you want to call it. Um, great job, whoever made it. I will watch Nick you a Lillian. thousand times. The other thing that I want to kind of a shameless plug, I guess, is an announcement that tomorrow. I will be releasing the first of my Tinkering with Tectic videos. It'll be originally available just to our Patreon subscribers. And then two weeks later, after early access, the vast public will be able to watch it. I am starting with Raspberry Pi and 
going into who knows what uh, at this moment. But I'm excited and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Nerd Bomber. Looking forward to it, man. So this past week, I had the pleasure of being on the Hugo's There podcast. I guessed it and we talked about a book called Ancillary Justice. So that episode should be coming out soon if you guys want to tune in. We definitely had a great discussion about that book. Definitely recommend. It was one of the Hugo winners. I don't. I don't want to give too much away, but basically, uh, goes into like the main character is an AI from a ship who gets separated from her ship and has to find her way back and or carry out a mission. I don't want to give away much, but you can listen to that discussion. But since then, I've started reading the sequel, and without again giving away any spoilers, I will say that it's been a very interesting read. But it kind of departs a little bit from some of the things that made the first book stand out to me. Uh, it's a little bit more focused, and it's more focused on the characters. Just relationships, I guess. I don't know. It just feels different somehow. The first book was a lot more like sweeping and grandiose and it felt like you were in the middle of this epic tale. And now there's just a lot of minutia and I just, it's it's not as compelling as the first book. It's still very good. It's just a very different style of book. So if you like space operas though, I definitely think you should check out the series. It's definitely very interesting. It won a Hugo Award for a reason. So Ancillary Justice and Ancillary, or Ancillary Sword is the second book. Sorry. Well, right on. Uh, you jogged my memory. I've been reading too. You guys know I'm a Stephen King guy. The Green Mile, which I've never seen the movie. Uh, oh my goodness fantastic movie you need to watch it um it's a lot between that and the last of us and like you know looking out the window at the world very doom and gloom all the time over here i gotta gotta like find something happier because the green mile is about like granted it's about a guy who can like heal people but it's also like the whole thing takes place on death row basically so not really an upper but really good so far uh tactic you have a game for us today and it's about wine so if anything can cheer me up it's probably that so just take it away so as usual we are going to be doing prices right style trivia and today's topic is wine based trivia so without further ado let's get right into it for my first question what is the earliest evidence of wine being produced okay uh I'll, i'll go first on this because I'm feeling, I'm feeling confident. This is a long, 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 long time. This we're talking BC situation here for sure. So I am gonna go with, I'm gonna go with three thousand BC. I'm, I'm swinging for the fences. I'm gonna say five thousand BC. I feel like that might bust, but I don't care. I'm gonna go for it. Busting is too late. So I don't think you're gonna be busting. I think you might just be early. Oh, that's right. So I gave myself a smaller window. When we get into BC and AD, it always confuses So, the bigger the number, the less likely you are to bust with BC, because it's technically further back. Right. 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 Um, if you can change your answer now, understanding... <laughs> no, I'm going to stick with it. BC and AD, if you want. Okay. So, Nerd Bomber was far closer. Um, Did I but still both bust? of you busted. The answer was 7,000 BC, and it was discovered in China. Yeah, people have been making wine. For, I don't. I can't imagine figuring that out. Seven thousand BC of like, oh, if we put these grapes in a cave for a while, we get loopy. 
I <laughs> I feel like they probably did it on accident. Like they collected For grapes sure. and then they tried to just like store them and it turned into mushy stuff that they drank and they were like, Oh shit, we're fucked up. Sorry, language, but that's what they said. <laughs> seven seven thousand BC, that's what they said. It's yeah, it's written on like the old like the papyrus from from back in the Chinese days. Um I guess they would use rice rice paper. I don't know. What did the Chinese people write on back in the ancient times? Paper. We'll, we'll, we'll get our fact checker wood. on that. What is um, the, I'm just going to ignore you and keep going. What is yeah, the no, that's highest a, that's, that's percentage fine. of wine in the world? What is that? I don't even understand what that question means. Uh, or sorry. ABV. What is the highest percentage alcohol content of wine in the world? Okay. I feel uh, like... Nerbomber, you're first this time. I'm going to say 14.8%. I don't think I've seen anything higher than that. <sighs> now that that doesn't exist. It's- it's higher than that, but it's not much higher. I think it's. I think. I think we're still in the teens. There, there's like rules for this, by the way. As far as I understand it, there are rules that if you go above this, you're no longer considered wine. You get. You get into like, I don't know. Is I don't know if port is technically wine or if it's dessert wine, but that has a high alcohol, alcohol content most of the time. I think. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 16, percent which is not much higher than what you said, but I think it's above 15. So I'm gonna say 16. So illegal takes it. The answer is actually 20 percent. What? As the highest, and one example of such. That sounds right. Oh, is that like an ice wine? Maybe is a wine called Madeira, otherwise known as island wine, and it can be found in Portugal. Interesting. I feel like I think ice wine is is high alcohol content. Too. Yeah, yeah, I feel like when you get those like super sweet and kind of syrupy wines, I think it's high alcohol content because even that's why they sell ice wine in like teeny tiny bottles. Hold that, and it's expensive to, to make. I was about to Google ice wine, but then I figured I thought better of it considering that we're still mid quiz. Um, but I'm on the board. Uh, before we before we do the next question, uh, let's go around the room. Red or white? I'm a white. Red. I'm a white wine person. Dry white. Dry white. Yeah, that's that's. I like a nice dry riesling. So I think I I go like semi dry, semi sweet. I'm not like a Chardonnay person. That's that's the bridge too far. But I love me some anyways. Chardonnay, man. Chardonnay is great. I like a nice Hayes, Pinot Gris, though. It's super good. Sauv Blanc. Hay- mm. We talked about this Hayes a little loves, bit on our podcast, but or the secret segment. Yeah, Hayes loves uh, Chardonnay. Sauvignon Blanc is pretty good. I can I can get there on that. I like a Anyways, nice quiz sorry. that's not interrupted. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry, Dad. All right, go go ahead. What is I'm on record? Straight parented today. The most expensive bottle of wine, and this is. Based on what it was auctioned off at. Oh boy, I'm I'm glad I don't. Do I have to go first on this one? You, no, yeah, I do. You um, do. Yeah. Boy, it's in the millions. That much I can. Um, two and a half million dollars. I think it's in the low millions, but it's in the millions. I think I'm gonna go with two hundred thousand because I don't know. I think you might be too high, but I'm worried about busting myself. So. So Nerd Bomber's hunch was correct. You far and away busted. The most expensive sold for $558,000. It was a 73-year-old French Burgundy. So I'd be afraid to open it. I would never open that. Yeah. It, it does beg the question, especially if you pay $2.5 million for it, now that I think about it. You would, you could never drink it. So what No, if it's I, something to it? brag about. Look how expensive I paid for this. I, I would just think like Jeff Bezos would bump, would like, you know, bust in there and be like i'll pay 10 million dollars for it because that's a, and then he would immediately it. just uncork it and start guzzling it out of the bottle exactly <laughs> it's a playboy thing to do anyways so okay so we're tied now i 
have to say though, I have never <laughs> heard exciting. Jeff Bezos and Playboy in the same sentence before. Oh, 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 he's a Playboy. You you better believe it. I don't have examples, but I can imagine. How big Epic. is the largest bottle of wine ever sold? Hey, what are the units? What are the units here? Liters. Liters. Okay, that makes sense. I do. I go first on this one. You you do go first, yeah. So I know there's a specific. I mean, honestly, there's box wine, but there's also those stupid Carlo Rossi jugs of table wine. No, the the stipulation is that it's a bottle. Oh, so it has to be a bottle. Okay, then. So those Carlo Rossi jugs do not count. It has to be a bottle. <laughs> but technically, it is. It's just a giant glass bottle. I just want to clarify. Okay, then I'm going to say two liters because there's probably one that's more but one one and a half liters is usually like the max that you see i'm gonna say the largest (laughs) bottle what's a well what's okay what's a magnum okay so you said two liters i know it's higher than that so i'm gonna say i'm just gonna say three because i know it's higher than that too so go go ahead doctor right, so you me. guys are aware that you can manufacture very large bottles right yeah yeah okay do you like guys want to like, try again no oh, well, i don't want to because i'll get the point but sure no, that's not um, fair. That's not fair. Okay, you you said specifically bottle over and over and over again. Well, yeah, so I you, we were, you were I going we were down like, box wine, bagged wine. Can you can you, you can put it in a, a satchel wine? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you, I was talking you, about like the jug that's technically a glass bottle, but it's a jug. Right, but you can make a bottle that's like as big as a house. Well, that's I, that, I think that's, that's what a house. Then that's not a bottle, but. Whatever. If it's a glass bottle shaped house, then it could be. And a the question should it's have been a glass vessel, but it's fine. Boy, you're getting on the getting on the quiz maker. What was the answer, uh, Technic? It was 130 liters. <laughs> okay, so we were we were a, a bit far away from the actual answer, but that's okay. I'll take the point. We're impressing a lot, a lot of people, so now I'm I'm up by a point if I if my math is correct. Um, Here, here's a bonus question: How much okay. did that bottle auction off for? It was 130 liters, you said? Correct. Okay, and I go first this time. Um, well, I know it wasn't two and a half million. Uh, it, not much. I'm guessing they, they filled this thing with like two buck chuck. Uh, I, I'm going to say 50 Gs. I'm going to say one dollar, Bob. So question, did you, did you take two buck chuck and the average one liter bottle and multiply it by No, I should have, but I didn't. Because I wouldn't have done that. Your math was far better. Um, the answer was $55,812. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, come on, guys. That's pretty impressive. I know my enormously cartoonish balls of wine. So with that, Nerd Bomber has no chance of winning. So I'm just going to f- finish it off with a fun fact. Did you know if you take grape juice and add yeast to it, it can take 7 to 21 days for that to turn into wine? I didn't know that. I, I did know that because my little brother tried to do it once uh, under our basement stairs uh, using yeast, grape juice, and you need a filter a filtration element. And maybe because he saw it on the internet or something, he used a condom. True no, story, guys. No. I don't think it worked. I don't really know whether it worked. Oh, I didn't want to know whether it worked. Uh, he was doing that. He was hiding this from my parents, by the way. Don't drink underage. You know, little kids. kids are resourceful when it comes to getting drunk underage. My goodness. You'll, you, yeah, but okay. Like, you Let guys just didn't have any coffee filters in the house? Like, come on. Wait, he, he had access he, to... Never mind. I, I don't know. But I, the point I'm trying to make is if you... Youngins who, have, who listen to this podcast, I'm sure there are many. If you ever find yourself 
putting a condom on the top of a bottle of grape juice you've just poured yeast into <laughs> stop for a second and take a step back and think about the choices that that you're making uh is that's all i really wanted to say i'll have to ask him whether it was good or not i think i do remember i think he did try and drink it but i can't imagine that it was good that's so grody uh, yeah i mean I, I i he took the condom off the bottle before he it's still grody i'm sorry it's still grody <laughs> no sure yeah no i i mean i i agree obviously the things you'll do to hide drinking from your parents. Like, uh, I have I have so many questions. They're inappropriate for this show, but I have so many questions. Like, was it... It didn't have any uh, other things on it when he used well, it? Like, listen, it didn't get in the listen, wine? Like, he wasn't drinking straight, like, lube? You're already just going way too far. Why don't we table this for a, a future secret segment where we just, like, break down the whole story. And for now, we, we, we call it a day. Um, it's a great thing to end the show with. Feels but, like a uh, video vlog. It does feel like a video vlog. We want to thank you all for showing up, uh, even in spite of that last part. We love we love doing this. We love the people actually show up and listen to us. So we thank you uh, again. We're on the social medias at OWLegal86, at OWTactic, at OWNerdBomber, and our main account at OnlineWarriors1. You can also hit us up on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Uh, if you hate us or love us or just feel generally middling about us, either way, we want to know. So uh, we thank you all again, and we'll we'll talk at you next week. Adios.